I'm Sophie. Hi, I'm Paul. And we are SP Film Viewers. So today is a little bit of a mix-up. It's actually a film I have seen numerous times and Paul has never seen. So the film that we've got today, you'll never guess it is probably a bit of a chick flick, is <laughs> <laughs> You've Got Mail. So Paul, I'm going to hand it over to you. What did you think? So I'd seen Sleepless in Seattle, mm -hmm. which was a 1993 film. I don't know if you've seen that. I think I have, yeah. It has but obviously Tom Hanks and, and Meg Ryan in that one. And this does as well. I think they've got uh, a good chemistry. Yes, very good chemistry between the two characters. So much so, I think the director who directed this film was the director on Sleepers in Seattle as well. So. Obviously, there seemed to be a good pairing up. Yeah. It was about, about five years difference between these two films. But I remember in, in, that I enjoyed Sleepers in Seattle when I saw that. So, I don't know, this passed me by. I guess I maybe kind of blended the two together in a sense and kind of just glazed just... over it kind of thing, maybe, perhaps. But Now, I think I'm more familiar with You've Got Mail than Sleepless in Seattle, mm -hmm. if I'm completely honest. But I know that this is one of my mum's favourite films. But weirdly enough, even though I've watched it so many times, it's normally been on like TV where you've got the adverts. So it's like parts of it you've you've missed and you catch it up. And so I know the ending very well. But the beginning was quite enjoyable for me because I don't think I've ever caught it straight at the beginning for a long time. Now, talking of the beginning of the film, <laughs> the opening credit sequence quite amusing in a way because like the 3D model of New York City they've got going on there <laughs> looked like something that you'd do in, um, in like modern today standards where you do like a pre-render you know like to get the basis of what 3D concept of something thing before you build up with all the special lighting effects and stuff I think but obviously I know it's probably back then being it like wow this is Amazing, amazingly yeah. resolutionary. I think I noticed a little bit this time a lot more dated things within it, mm -hmm. um, but it was more like a nostalgia thing for me because obviously I've grown up with this film, so I probably wouldn't have think, thought of it as anything technically bad. Yeah. There's definitely a bit of nostalgia with the internet as well. Yeah, I was, <laughs> was going to say uh, the old dial-up thing. I don't know if people. Remember the such a thing. <laughs> Probably younger yeah. generations won't. Definitely not. No, not. But you don't know what you, you got it. You got it lucky. Oh, <laughs> you lot. It took forever as well, and oh, like just like now you complain like if the internet drops or something like yeah. that. It's like well, imagine dial up and one it, only one person could have it. Like it was only one computer in the Pretty house. Pretty much, yeah. It wasn't a thing that you could easily access. No. Uh, you know, freely. Not everybody had a device they could use. It was like shared time yeah, that you yeah, could get almost, on these. Almost, yeah. And I'm sure it messed up your phone line. Yes, it did. So, Which... like, you could have either or. It wasn't like you could have both. Yeah, so that was, you know, when you're hearing that dial tone. Yeah, it does, does it? bring back some... memories, but not good ones. <laughs> so, introduced to Tom Hanks, who's Joe Fox, and Meg Ryan, who's Kathleen Connor. That's the last name is Kathleen Kelly. Kelly, that's it. Sorry, yeah, Kelly. Yeah, so they're in the separate parts of the city, with what seems like 
the with partners that they don't really want to be with. They mm-hmm. kind of get that impression straight off the bat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then the, as soon as like, the partners leave the house, they're straight on the computer doing the thing to see if they've got any mail. Now, I, d- I feel like it's quite innocent at the start. I don't think it's anything like malicious. Like, I wouldn't class it as somewhat cheating in a sense. It's more like a friendship. But it's a bit concerning because obviously you're not having that relationship with your the partners mm. that they're with. Yeah, I know what you mean. But it's like, it is just genuinely just chit-chat. But it's like, well, they don't seem to do that kind of chit-chatting with the their loved ones or who should be their loved ones. Yeah. They're obviously doing it because they're not getting the satisfaction from conversation or whatever from from them. I guess it's the kind of excitement of not knowing who the person really is. And I guess it is somewhat like intriguing, isn't it? Really, because yeah. you're like talking to this person, and you're building up. It's kind of like reading a book. It, you're building this character up in your head of what you're thinking he might look like. Cause you're only kind of getting what he's saying to you. Yeah. We're talking of books, they're in the, both in the book industry. <laughs> one being a big, like, corporate... Like, Waterstones um, or... Yeah. Like, they used to have one where, I don't know if it was a Waterstones, and you have, like, Starbucks and, you know, it's big kind of... But then I wouldn't think Waterstone is that cheap, to be fair. Here it isn't, anyways. No, I don't know what... There's probably other ones in other places where, there's, you know, there's the equivalent of what ours is here in the UK, which is... the that Waterstones is the big titan of bookshop. Books. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she's a little bookstore down the corner. It's yeah. called around. Shop, shop, shop around the corner. corner. I wish I had a shop around the corner yeah. that was like yeah. a little bookstore like that yeah. when it I was, was little. Because it, yeah, it was. It did look quite quiet, and it'd be like I'd love to work somewhere like that. Yes, yeah. and it was such a lovely place. Everyone who that did work there, you could see the connection of like family. They had within mm-hmm. the shop and yeah. I think it just kind of had an extra little touch to it compared to like you just your big corporate but it seemed to only really specialise in children's books so that seemed the yeah. thing so it wasn't like a big thing so it's very niche yeah so it does lose out in a sense it's... but obviously children are always going to be a thing aren't they I know they're yeah. going to grow up but then there's another generation yeah. of children yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of we mentioned Starbucks as well <laughs> I know that I quite like the analogy that Tom Hanks gives in sort of like the monologue. It was yeah. about the rope down here somewhere, sort of paraphrase, but the whole purpose of places like Starbucks is for people with no decision making ability whatsoever to make six decisions just to buy a cup of coffee. Yeah. It's overwhelming, I think, a Starbucks is. Like, unless you have a precise cup of coffee that you order every day and that you don't like deviate if you're wanting something a little bit extra special like at Christmas when they update the menu yeah and I'm like I don't know what I want and then it's like there's these people behind you who do know and I'm like oh you can go in front of me because I don't generally know and I am one of those that take forever to make a decision aren't I yeah I'm I'm hate that in when you're looking at the food menus or drinks menus or whatever and you're like I don't know I've never been here before just just, just give me a coffee, just a normal coffee, please. Yeah. Because I feel like pressured to... Yeah, and it shouldn't be the case yes. of having to cram so many different options into one. Yeah. It, it should definitely reduce it. Yeah, I just like that one. Yeah, it is. It, it does make me laugh when he says it. And he's got kind of that voice where it's somewhat kind of 
truth in it but yet somewhat kind of making it funny at the same time if that makes sense yeah i, I just i do i am a sucker for tom hanks and i'm not gonna lie no yeah there's he's never never really does a bad performance so this is a big selling point for even the, the throughout the film just him. did you know it was tom hanks when i said you've got mail because i didn't really give you a clue yeah i think i kind of just kind of heard it around but i didn't yeah. know really what it was about in terms of the storyline mm. I also noted down seemed to be like a lot of retail consumerism shown in the, a lot of stores being opened up like shots of that going on you know like this is how it is now and things like very people of a high demand of going to get the fix of the the pretzels and things yeah, and all that kind of with stuff. the shopping and such. And yeah. I think it was also showing cleverly how consumerism was progressing. Like, the shop around the corner, there's always going to be this big bad wolf yeah. or fox that, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that come along and they've got the better goods and it's more streamlined Fine. and it's kind of showing that kind of consumerism that even though you've got something really special with the shop around the corner... Yeah. People want to, A, get the book faster, have everything in one place, it be cheaper, and be able to get a coffee as well as normally a selling point. And I think yeah. that's what is kind it's of... how things certainly developed a lot more now these days. Yeah. Well. And there being a scene where Joe Fox goes into the little, her little... Shop around the corner. Buying books for, for the kids. For <laughs> not that his kids, are they? No, it's a bit of a messed up scenario. So the little girl is his auntie... And then yeah. the little boy is actually his brother. It's a bit of a messed up family <laughs> scenario because, yeah. like, what, in what world should your auntie be younger than you, really? She mm. should be older. That modern family. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, so when he goes to buy the books and then he's like, well, how much are these? And he brings up the till and it's like 75,000. <laughs> <laughs> he's only got about four books, I think. So they must have cost like £20 or something each. Yeah, some of the inflation, but again, I think that's just the thing of independent stores to survive. They have to pump up the price, don't they? That's yeah. what you're going to get for the service and the... Quaintness and obviously, the like you said, the one-on-one -on -one service. Also, they get the privilege of sitting there and reading a book and it being more child-friendly like, environment. Yeah, but that's just, again, just how, how it works with the way of the world. Mm. Unfortunately, so you know you you kind of you bigger stuff you get mass manufactured. But then I don't feel like there's much love put into it, and I think no, that's I think that's what it's going for, I guess. Yeah, it's like well, I'd rather spend a little bit and know that it was a loved item or somebody had kind of put thought into it than putting into like mass consumerism, which is just trying to churn money. So quite typical with rom coms, I suppose. That kind of still annoying thing that. I've mentioned before in the past where because we know mm. who they are and then when they're walking down the street initially and then they don't even know yeah. it's them that the you know they've been talking to and they're kind of just like everyday lives yeah and that's always like you know like oh god you, you're right there right but, you don't even one know, but you don't even know but then it comes to the point later on when he when she finds out who he is from being at a party or whatever and then suddenly she comes more, and they both become more aware when they're out and about in New York. Yeah. 
you know, seeing each other, like, oh, right, I've got to hide away and things. So it makes, every, you know, their everyday life more of a struggle because they're having to try and purposely avoid the other person from having a confrontation or whatever. And it's... it's quite funny because it's like knowing that each other as themselves and what, like, she's the shop around the corner and he's this big Joe Fox and they despise one another and yet they feel like they should, you know, they... The competition, he is a big bad man and is corporate and he's horrible, but yet they have this sweet innocence thing which they're not aware that could possibly even come from one another. I think that's quite romantic and it's kind of like gives you the marmite in a relationship because you're going to have that bit of where there's certain things that you don't love about somebody but the rest of him you do love. Right. And I feel like that is what this kind of depicts. It's like the kind of sense of she thinks personally that she should hate him. But actually, if you dig a bit deeper, you can tell that there is something there that she possibly would like. But because obviously the relationship that they've had, which is quite a bit of an animosity. Yeah. It would literally, they would never, ever, if they only had met in person, have... A relationship would they that would have never grown i don't think because no. they never got to that point of wanting to know one another no that's right yeah and that sort of develops with the the, the, the mail because it comes on to doing like instant messenger yeah so if they're both online yeah. i think they can kind of communicate at the same yeah. time yeah and that's moves things along a bit quicker which i think for me there was certainly on the latter part of the film getting it felt like it was dragging a little bit, but I, I don't know. There was there was just something more of the back end. I'm thinking right, this probably didn't need to be quite as long as. I think it was because obviously, he felt like he had a lot of making up to do, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, especially with the fact that he knew that it was her that he was meeting up with from doing all the back and forth chatting online and then his friend kind of points out, oh, that's that woman who's trying to, you know, doing the protests and all the stuff. Yeah. And trying to, you know, trying to stop the Fox bookstore opening and all that. Trying to save the shop yeah. around the corner. Yeah, shop around the corner. And that went on for quite a while, didn't it, I guess? Yeah, it did. And I think it was a bit cruel initially when he first stood her up and then he went in as himself... Yeah. And obviously she wasn't expecting to yeah. see him. Yeah. And I, it really did upset her because she was getting to a point of where she was severely struggling with her shop and it was his fault. Yeah. As to why the shop kind of has to get closed. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of built that relationship of animosity and they couldn't probably get past that for a while. And obviously she was talking to, like you said, she was talking to this guy asking how to go about saving her shop and he was giving her advice so he did feel a bit manipulative in a, in a, sense, in yeah. a sense yeah yeah he does say in when they were instant chatting it's only business you know don't take it personal but obviously she is a, a personal person it's like he kind of goes to bed at night and shuts off his business head yeah so whatever he does within business stays within that business box whereas i think women find that a bit more harder to do uh, women do make everything personal mm-hmm. and there's a lot of 
him giving her advice. Yeah, so there was, with, within the advice that he was giving her, there was a lot of Godfather <laughs> uh, quotes. Now, I have watched Godfather, and this is never going to be on an SP Film Viewer review for me, because I can't redo it. It was one <laughs> Christmas for me, and my dad decided, I'm sure I wasn't of age to watch it either. Um, I doubt you would been. I wasn't. And it's like, all oh, right, we're all going to... One Christmas, oh, yeah, this sounds like a brilliant Christmas movie. I'm pretty sure it's not even... Is it based around Christmas? It's not at all. I've put it right to the back of my head that I can't remember anything because it was that much of a bad experience for me. Right, okay. Well, that's... That might just be because you weren't at the age to understand I think it things. was, yeah. But it's like, but... I can't even want to watch it because of that so like these phrases that they were saying i'm like i feel like i should know this because i watched it well i watched all of them is the three there is three they're so long yeah so long oh. and it's like and i don't understand half of what they're saying so like one phrase was go to the mattresses like if someone said to you go to the mattresses i'm thinking what well, does that mean go to bed go to sleep not have a fight with somebody <laughs> so I don't know what men's obsession is with. I am definitely with, um, uh, yeah, her on this because it's like I don't know what the men. I think it's more of a man film, to be honest. No, well, I've rewatched one or two recently. They are lengthy, but there's something about them that's that's very cinematic and in it, mafia. mafia. Yeah. Is that cause I love how we're pack? talking about the Godfather <laughs> in the a wrong chick flick? <laughs> yeah, thing, but. <clears throat> It's Tom Hanks's fault. <laughs> Don't blame Tom Hanks. Don't bring him into it. <laughs> so I, I personally like less Godfather quotes, but I do like exactly. how she responds to them. Yeah, she seems to sort of take them on board in a sense. Somewhat, but she somewhat is like, what, what is the obsession? Mm. So I do like the way that she mm. responds. And there's, we get to a part where Kathleen then breaks up with her current partner of. Frank. Yeah, it's was... somewhat mutual, isn't it? It is, weirdly. So it's kind of like the opposite of you know, a normal breakup where, like, oh, you're breaking up with me and then you'll break down or whatever. When they're like, phew, that's, yeah. Yeah. Thank goodness, um, yeah. And, and it's kind of, you think, I wish all breakups were like this, where you could still be friends and kind of happy. And then yeah. they end up talking about this girl that he was on TV with. And, and stuff. Yeah, because it's very apparent throughout, leading up to that point anyway, that he seems to get along with other women a lot better than... He flirts with women. anything that walks. Pretty much. He's this big article reviewer or whatever. And even Tom Hanks's partner. Yeah. They seem to have a bit more of a connection. And... There. And thinking... I was thinking, oh, what, is they going to get together or something? Like swap partners. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> thought it was quite interesting. What did you think of Joe Fox's girlfriend? with her character and how she was, like, kind of perceived. Initially, when I first saw her from the opening, the back of the beginning, she seemed kind of, like, a bit ditzy, maybe just... But in the sense of, like, she's, like, you know, I've got to be going out to work and mm. big meetings to go and all that kind of stuff, so she didn't really have time for him, yeah. really, and kind of just more self-involved, yes. I guess, yeah. in herself. Like, the fact when they do break up, well, it's in the lift. I think that's the breaking point, isn't it? When it's like, oh, when I get out of here, 
And then he needs to finish his sentence. And she's like, I wear my Tic Tacs or something. And it's like, you know, like, really, that's what you're worried about? Yeah, like, she seems to love to have a good moan about things. And she's really self-absorbed, I felt. Yeah. And she doesn't seem to care about anyone else but herself. It's like in that moment when you're stuck in a lift, which I have experienced, it is not a pleasant experience. And I wouldn't be worried about Tic Tacs, that is for sure. I'd be worried about how the hell am I going to get out of the lift. She seems to always bring it around to me, 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 me. That's what it seems yeah. like when she's talking. That's all I can hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Going back to the point about the whole, you know, like the big business and the little smaller business. Mm-hmm. When Meg Ryan's character's accepting of the takeover of the big capitalist building. Yeah. And she's you know, just sitting in the children's book section. And then a customer comes along and asks one of the employees, like, oh, where's this book by so-and-so or whatever? And the, he's like, uh, I don't know, kind of mm-hmm. thing. And then she has to, like, point her this customer in the right direction. And she's more knowledgeable about the books, the books yeah. and everything. And it's, it's kind of like, she, you know, it shows, like, you know, people people have the passion and yet they might not be able to yeah i know what you mean because obviously she loves books children's books she's grown up with her mum having this store and this has been her livelihood and she's got that passion for it whereas if it's just a job to somebody with a corporate yeah. oh well, I'm, like... at the end of the day i'm doing it for the money because that's yeah. why i'm here it's like it loses that personal it's very soulless yeah. yeah and it's like well i'd rather go to somebody who is a bit of an independent shop and then be able to point me and look after me in the right direction. Then go to some other corporate place that just go, mm, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, well, I'm none the wiser. Why would I come back again if, if you're not going to help me? So it does show that knowledge is power. And I think yeah. it's... Well, I know the f- when I worked in HMV, I tried to do that whenever I could, really. Point people in the right direction. I think that was one of your really, really... Apart from, obviously, the job that you're in now... I think you did really enjoy that job. It was well suited yeah. for you. Yeah, Re- I, I'd be one of those that goes, um, I don't know what that is. <laughs> yeah. So, Unless it's a chick flick. Yeah. <laughs> for people who might know, HMV is like a music DVD, DVD Blu-ray shop. Vinyls, yeah. yeah. I so, don't know what equivalent that would be to anybody else out there, but... Don't even know if people do have HMV. Is it just a UK thing? Not sure. Not sure actually. Anyway, yeah, that's sort of a point. I think it was a bit sad, but but I kind of like you know that's it's valid, it, and I think it feels like it is happening more and more often now. Yeah. yeah. Even more so than in nineteen ninety eight. Whenever yeah. this film was that that's right, isn't it? Came out in nineteen ninety nine over here, but ah okay. Yeah. But anyway, there's a quite touching part with. When she closes up the bookstore for the last time, turns out the lights, and then there's a vision of her yeah. mum and her when she was younger, and they do like dancing, twirling, dance, twirling yeah, around, yeah, like in the photograph that's pointed out. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah, this this bit always gets me. This is my kind of hmm. tugging at my heartstrings kind of moment because, like she says, she hasn't just lost; she's lost her identity. She's lost her mum. Her mum's died all over again mm-hmm. because obviously it was her mum's star as well. And it's just like quite a poignant moment, I think, for the film. And 
seeing that kind of little kind of recapping of when she was little and how much the shop has been a part of her life. Yeah, and it's quite sad. It's not even like a, you know, she's moving on in a good way. It's kind of like she's been forced to do out, so. <laughs> yeah. Thing. It's kind of like, but kind of makes it seem like it's a nice moment. Like a, she wasn't like bawling her eyes out or anything like that when she was leaving. It made Just, me want but, to cry, though, it did. Even though I think she she, she probably would be crying, like thinking, oh my God, I've lost the shop. Yeah. She, she didn't seem to... I would be thinking, oh, my mum would be so disappointed in me. Yeah. Be, and I know that probably that wouldn't be the case. But, you know, it's like, well, that was yeah, my mum's. Yeah, like let them down. Yeah. yeah. And you want to do good by them. And it's like, it was just something that was really just out of her hands, wasn't it, really? She couldn't... Yeah, it's just it's just how it is. Yeah, sadly, it is. Yeah. It, it's when, Even if she did, she tried her hardest, she did fight for the shop. But it was obviously just inevitable with such a big shop discounted mm-hmm. books really compared to what she has so then we're kind of getting to the end part really the nitty-gritty yeah. love bit yeah. where they seem to be well i guess because she's now got no going on mm. and she's sort of hanging out with tom hanks a bit more now yeah but he's kind of pushing himself on her and he's kind yeah. of stumbling across her yeah trying to because obviously he's aware that he had he stood her up and yeah. He actually does quite like her. Yeah, now, and despite all what's going on. You can tell he feels genuinely guilty for what's happened. Even though it is business, he didn't really want to hurt her. I do think it is quite a sweet way that he tries to go about kind of trying to be her friend, just so that in the hope that when he does say, well, actually, you've been talking to me online for God knows how long, that she will accept him. I think he's going through a bit of a thing of worrying if he will get rejected. Yeah. She wouldn't be wrong in thinking, going off on one about it, really. Thinking, like, why did you... Somewhat a catfish. Yeah, I guess you could say that, yeah. Like, nowadays we'd call that catfish, I'm pretty sure, because obviously it's not told her. But then, I guess he hasn't put a fake picture up, but he's just not said who he is. Early catfish, then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Before it was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> there was another quote that I quite liked that um, Tom Hanks gives. I think he, he, it seems to, his quotes that seem to stick out for me in this, but again, it's Tom Hanks. So. It's something along the lines of, so again, paraphrasing a bit, but would have asked for your number and wouldn't be able to wait 24 hours before calling you and saying, how about some coffee or drinks or dinner? A movie for as long as we both shall live. I know it's such a cute line, isn't yeah, it? It yeah. really is adorable. And you can see that she's whelming up and this is at the stage mm. where she's actually gonna go and meet this guy. Yeah. That yeah. she is thinking and she's like, D- don't do this, don't do this. And then he follows up with that also, which I kind of find funny in a sense. And it says the only thing we fight about would be which video to rent on a Saturday night. <laughs> we don't have that problem, do we? No. No. I do go, mm, I'd rather, I'd rather <laughs> not. <laughs> but then I'll go, oh, well, if you, if that's what you yeah. want to watch, then yeah. go on then. Yeah, it's never, <laughs> no, not a really big argument. It's more like, a, you want know, to put this on? Yeah, yeah, that's Yeah, fine. go on, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, for these, really. It's kind of like, or you just be like, 
surprise if you're watching this and you don't have a say. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I thought those were quite good lines. I actually feel like I have more connection to, like, Kathleen Kelly. Like, there's a scene where she's really poorly and he gets her daisies and she's just so happy that she's got these daisies and she just carries them around mm. with her. And I love that scene because she's just such a lovable character. There's nothing nasty no, about her. No, she shouldn't come across, no mannerisms or anything. When she mentioned about the, her having a cold, mm. I thought she was putting that on. She no, was... she was genuinely had a cold and she didn't what? want him coming up. All right. She I, she was she was on, wasn't lying. No, I thought I thought she was like, oh, don't go in like a... I don't know. I I kind of got the impression initially that was the case, but then thought she was just like really running with it. I don't know. No, but, no, okay. no, no. I felt like she was generally had a cold and like there was loads of tissues everywhere yeah. and then she's like hiding it all the time mm. to get rid of him and such. Mm. So she generally just didn't want to infect him and she didn't want him seeing her like that, mm. like full of cold and being a bit more vulnerable. I guess because obviously this person, she mm. wouldn't feel comfortable being vulnerable around him because obviously with what he'd done he'd closed a shop she wants to be on her a game doesn't she when he's up there really yeah but obviously you get the scene at the end where obviously he talks about his dog brinkley mm-hmm. and it's quite clever i think the way the scene is done where obviously he shouts brinkley run is running off and he's shouting to call him back yeah and obviously she recognizes well who else is going to have a dog called Brinkley? I yeah. don't, you know, it's not like it's a common dog name. It's not like Sam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's a case of her ears kind of pick up and she's like looking, trying to see who's shouting the dog. And obviously then the scene comes where he's there. And it's, I think that is a lovely scene because actually it could go to two or one ways. She could be like, you absolutely, I hate you. Yeah. How could you do this to me? You, Especially, my gripe would be, you stood me up and then you came and you smushed I, that in me face. Yeah, I think that would be probably the modern, the real life situation where it's obviously... I'd have been fuming. Is... I'd have been like, you literally made me think I got stood up and then I had to put up with your company of you gloating at the fact that I got stood up, which actually you turned up because you were sat there. Yeah, whereas obviously this romanticises it <laughs> quite heavily, doesn't it? Like, mm, she I... said... I'm wishing it was you or something like that. Yeah, right. I'm thinking, really, he stole you, sh- he shut you down in your shop, he has been arrogant near enough throughout yeah. and not being that pleasant of a person towards her, kind of being like a little bit of an enemy and mm-hmm. a bit of rivalry there of the book world. Yeah. And then it's like, it's slowly, gradually, and it is, it's nice, <laughs> it's nice to see, but obviously me being a realistic person... Mm-hmm. I don't know if you did that to me, how I would feel. There must be definite love there behind the computer with yeah. the emails to make that relationship grow because I think if it was just them bad experiences... You'd have nothing. It'd be yeah. hard for that yeah. to kind of grow, really. Yeah. So did you enjoy it? Overall, yeah, I can't say. Would you watch it again? I think I would. I wouldn't be... In a big mad rush to see it. If it was on TV or something, mm. it might be like catch it up or think. But I won't go out of my way to like, well, I must watch this again. I'm glad I saw it. In terms of a rating, mm. 
And now you feel now nervous. <laughs> I think I'll give it a seven. I felt like it'd be a bit higher than that because you've been crushing over Tom yeah. Hanks all night. That's like, a big selling point, like I say. It, for... An eight I was hoping for. No. Why, why a seven? Like, seven's not a bad score, no, but the... for me, it, it is. Right, okay. Because I wouldn't give it a seven. Okay. I think it's very much the the way that the story goes, the beats that it goes to is is kind of does get drawn out a bit as it goes along and thinking you don't need to have, have so much. Because you're a man, though, because I quite like those bits. I don't know if it's because women, well, personally, yeah. I maybe like to know... Maybe it is that. I like to know everything. Mm. Like, when you talk to somebody, you get, like, the minimal information, and I'm like... And then I'm like, well, what about this? What about that? And then I go, well, did you even think of this? And you're like, no, I didn't ask. And I'm like... Oh, why don't you ask these questions, you know? And I think that's it because that's what that film for me gave to me. Like, I didn't have to I ask guess. for anything. Right. First, okay. it answered everything. I, I, I didn't sit there wanting more or thinking, well... Yeah, no, I think it's just a little bit, little tiny bit shorter. I've worked a little bit better, mm. but... And I do like some rom-coms, don't get me wrong. And there was some good lines in this that are quite memorable as I've pointed out to you. Mm-hmm. But for me, instead of something like Love Actually or About Time, where I could watch those ones over and over, I would like to keep coming back to those ones. But maybe it's because it's a British thing. I think thing. it's because it's British. However, I think as well, you've got more than one kind of character going on yeah. in the story yeah. so you're not just focusing on one yeah. romance so I think that kind of keeps you more intrigued and enticed I guess well yeah I know you normally do have just the two leads you don't have to have multiple characters to make no, it but I, thing. But I feel like the other characters within the two films that you've just suggested are strong like I feel like in this you've got characters behind the scene but they're not really brought out it is mainly your main two characters the only other two i'd say then you kind of get a bit more depth of them is the couple that the the with at the time yeah otherwise you don't learn a great deal about the other ones really no 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 but sorry i can't put it up any higher than that no no that's fine it was enjoyable but i feel like that's just as it is nothing that really bowled me over too much (laughs) so I think it might be a nostalgia thing for me. Obviously uh-huh. because it is my yeah. mum's favourite film. Okay. One of my mum's favourite yeah. films. And I know I've grown up with it while I've been little. I think it's obviously going to score a lot higher in that sense for me. I do feel like there is like really, really lovely moments within it. And I do enjoy seeing New York when it's in like the fall and then obviously it gets to Christmas and that's like my favourite seasons as well. So the season kind of the way that they play on that, I do enjoy watching that because I do actually enjoy going through the different seasons myself. So I think that that kind of works nicely. So I would, I'm not going to say it's a 10 because it's it's not by all means perfect, but this is a definitely solid nine for me. Okay. I love watching it. I'd, I'd rewatch it again and I wouldn't have any problems. It's just an enjoyable, lovely, easy watch. Yeah, easy. Is, yeah. It's what it is. 
but I hope you enjoyed not my thoughts this time even though I do like to give my thoughts you quite do. freely <laughs> thank you for listening to Paul's thoughts so you can check out all our other episodes up on iTunes Spotify Podbean or wherever else you might get your podcasts from and of course we're on social media platforms of Instagram and Twitter under the handle SP Film Viewers and also Facebook as well. Yep, so definitely go and check out those other films and you have been making me a bit more knowledgeable, I'd say. I'll try. I have been enjoying more genres, so that is a benefit from doing this, I can say. So hopefully you'll enjoy those as well as enjoy um, listening to this one. So thank you very much and we'll speak to you next time. Thank you very much. Take care, everyone. Speak to you next time. Bye now. Bye. Bye. Bye.